Good morning, everyone. Welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for your big book study. My name is Larry Kay, and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. And today is Tuesday, June 28th, 2022. And today we're reading from the big book. We're currently on page 12, the first paragraph. Um, it begins, despite the living example of my friend, and it ends with scores of men who felt the same way. We're just going to read the one paragraph this morning. Today's readers, we have Marge E. on the 12 Steps, Joni C. on the 12 Traditions, and the readers of the text are Craig F., Leah S., and Elizabeth D. Let me give you the share ID for yesterday, Monday, June 27th, the 7 a.m. Eastern Standard Time meeting. That number is 19,108. That's 19108. And for the 10 a.m. meeting, 19,000. 109. That's 19109. Yo-way pre-remble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who through shared experience, strength, and hope, they're recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions. Neither solicit nor accept outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine, we take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors, and then we carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states that each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At A Vision for You Big Book Study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating, well, they can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and the 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. And I will now ask Marge E. to read the 12 steps. Marge E., good morning. Thank you, Larry. Marge E. from Massachusetts, recovered but not cured. The 12 steps. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. 11. Sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. 12. Having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you for letting me do service this month, and I pass. Thanks, Marge. We appreciate that. Okay, Joni. 
on the 12 Traditions. Good morning, Joni. Good morning. This is Joni C., gratefully recovered in Minnesota but not cured. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is the desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues. Hence, the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. And twelve. Anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thanks, Joni. Okay, I know what you're asking yourself. How does this meeting work? Well, let me tell you. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. And what we do is we read a paragraph or two from the literature we stop and share on what was read, and anyone can share. But we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature that we're discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year. For readers, it's six months, and there's no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. And we're, we're sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, uh, just press star one to unmute your phone. <clears throat> Once you're done sharing, let us know by saying pass, and then press star one to mute your phone again. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speaker should be muted. And today we're, uh, we're still in Bill's story. We're currently on page 12, the first paragraph. Um, which begins, despite the living example of my friend, and it ends with scores of men who felt the same way. And Craig's just going to read and comment on the one paragraph only. So with that, Craig, you want to get us uh, going here? All right. Are we ready? Yeah, we're all, we're ready to go. Okay. I'm unmuting. I missed the last thing. This is Craig F., recovered in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Um 
Despite the living example of my friend, there remained in me the vestiges of my old prejudice. The word God still aroused a certain antipathy. Uh, when the thought was expressed that there might be a God personal to me, this feeling was intensified. I didn't like the idea. I, I could go for such conceptions as creative intelligence, a universal mind or spirit of nature, but I resisted the thought of a czar of the heavens, however loving his sway might be. I have since talked with scores of men who felt the same way. Well, um, the sun's about to come out here, and uh, uh, the sun's about to come up in Bill's life. Um, he's uh, telling us where he was, still where he came from, but uh, in the next few paragraphs, the sun's going to come up, and, uh, and he's going to see things a lot different in, in the light of day. Um, but, you know, I'm grateful. I, I really am grateful that uh, that this program was given through uh, a man that didn't have strong religious convictions that he uh, that that he didn't come with a with a uh, theology that uh, he tried to pass in as part of the program um you know because chances are it would be one that most that you know 90% of the people at least would reject uh but he he came as an agnostic he came as someone um, who, who was in the perfect position to uh, uh, to be able to say um, that uh, it was about uh, surrendering to the God of my choice. It was then it was for you. It's about surrendering to God as you understand Him, and not uh, to come in and say, "But you also have to believe this, and you have to believe." that and if you're going to get this you've got to to believe some other thing but all you have to do is believe that there's a that there is a god that that um that this god is concerned enough about you to guide you on a daily basis to help you on a daily basis that however you define that that higher power to be you know um that uh, it's coming through a man who had, uh, he said, a certain antipathy, uh, which means a certain uh, almost hatred uh, for uh, religion, uh, for the word God. But uh, uh, now, now he's uh, now he's written ready to break break through, and you know we we have a a, a common kind of an idea in this in 12-step rooms that Bill had a sudden white light experience on his third stay in the hospital here. And, and I, and I want to point out again that, uh, that it wasn't quite exactly that way that, uh, Bill had a, a, a slower awakening that he, 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 he's, his, uh, educational variety experience had happened. He, he was learning a little bit and a little bit and a little bit, and he was, He'd been given up this his his hatred for things of God, the, the hatred for things spiritual. Uh, it had been breaking down to prepare him for that for this uh, white light uh, experience for uh, God appearing to him in his in his uh, hospital room. And uh, you know, it's a, it can be the same for each of us that uh, 
it, you know, we have to rearrange our attitudes sometimes and begin to allow that things might be different than we always believed there were. They, they were, you know, my, my first sponsor said to me that in me, that just because things were one way yesterday and the day before and every other day leading up till today, doesn't mean they have to be that way the rest of today or tomorrow or every other day from now on that, because I've always compulsively overeat doesn't mean I always have to compulsively overeat. And just because I believed a certain way about God, a certain, uh, had certain conceptions that held me back, doesn't mean that I have to hold on to those things. That things can change. Uh, you know, if I'm, uh, if I'm uh, able to, to let go and, uh, just accept that, uh, that uh, that there's a simpler, easy way to recover. That I I can have this thing too. I can have this recovery, and uh, I'm I'm so grateful and thankful for that, and grateful for Bill and, and his struggles. And with that, I'm going to pass. Thanks, Craig. Thanks for getting us started. Uh, that was terrific. And um, so we're going to transition now. Craig read from page 12, the first paragraph. Just comments on that paragraph and. And although we uh, we just love you, we value your experience. We but we ask that you limit your sharing to every third day, so others can can step up here as well and share. So, with that in mind, who would like to uh, share? Janice PM. Janice. Johan N. Johan. Stephanie R. Stephanie. Ken W. Ken. Sarah L. Sarah. Vasa O. Vasa. Anybody else? Okay, that's a that's a good group. Here's who I heard. I heard Janice and Johan, Stephanie, Ken, Dara, and Vasa. Why don't we start with that group and we catch you around the bend here? So we'll go with Janice, followed by Johan. Janice, good morning. Oh, Janice, can you press star one? Unmuted now, and good morning to you. There you are. (laughs) Good morning. Yes, good morning. Um, Yeah, Janice PM recovered in Massachusetts. Um, Yeah, what a, you know, despite, despite, oh, that was me, despite what I heard, despite what I knew, despite how many times I got burned with a food or a person, I still persisted, and I remember somebody on this on this line that said, and I have it written down: when I resist, it's I am persistent. Isn't that true? And things I resist, I still persist to do. What a wonderful quote! Uh, and you know who it is. Um, yeah. So despite the proof of, of uh, his friend, Ebby, see, you know, the proof that he's so different, he's changed. He wants to be like him, but he's still resisting. He's still resisting for these unresolved conflicts that he had and prejudices about God, you know, because every time he heard that word, it did arouse opposition. 
you know, how many times I try to say, okay, yeah, well, I'm going to come to believe that, you know, I can't eat pineapple. Uh, I, you know, that person is toxic to me, but I still persisted in doing it. So, you know, um, here he is. He's coming to believe, you know, he was struggling. He's struggling, but he is coming to believe. And when that time hits us, it's unbelievable. There's no stopping once that happens. And uh, my attitudes will change, you know, have changed my influences, my emotions. Um, It's just a wonderful thing. But this is what he's going through right now. He's still resisting uh, somewhat. But then Abby's going to say something pretty soon that's going to change the world and uh, change me too because I had a lot of prejudices. And uh, with that, I am going to pass. Thanks. Thanks, Janice. Okay, we, next up we have Johan followed by Stephanie. Let's go to my Nordic friend. Johan, good morning. Hey, good morning, my U.S. friend, Larry. Nice to hear you today. <laughs> nice to be here. Thank you so much for service. Thanks all of you for being here. For that lead share and this paragraph, which uh, just um, takes me back to how it was when I first came into the uh, 12 Steps rooms, uh, that I had a real problem with the word God. I call myself an atheist all my life, uh, but... Coming into the coming in to the rooms, I was beaten to a pulp. So I just had to. I was willing to accept the, the word of God uh, because I had nowhere else to go. And in step two, my then sponsor made it really easy for me and just you know, he, he asked me, "Can you believe that a high power has helped me?" And I could do that. And you know, suddenly I was in step three, and then I just went on. And uh, I'm a triple winner. If you're not in free fellowships, you're in denial. (laughs) Uh, That's true for me, at least. And uh, OA was the last fellowship, hopefully the last fellowship that I joined, the first fellowship that I joined. And, you know, putting the food down and working the steps in OA, I can see that in my other fellowships, I've been leaning on food the whole way. I hadn't really had an experience of God before I came to OA, before I put the food down and worked the steps like sober and abstinent. And what happened in step work was just amazing. I, I worked through the steps really quickly and uh, coming to step uh, step five, doing that with my, my sponsor that I had then. And I just, I was overwhelmed with love, you know. Uh, I just felt forgiveness for all those people that were on my step four list. And moving on to step six and to step seven and to step eight, coming to step eight, something happened that had never happened before. And I worked the steps. Uh, plenty of times uh, I was just willing to do all the rest of my amends and going into step 9 and then started living in step 10, 11 and 12 and really living in step 10, 11 and 12 like doing this on a daily basis and that's what I learned in OA that you know I only have today uh, before OA I could go with a resentment for weeks <laughs> before I did a 10 step you know because I was leaning on the food I could, I could trust the food. Even though I was sober, I was in those fellowships, uh, I was in another fellowship as well, I was still leaning on food. Uh, today, I can't afford that. If I have resentment, if I have a fear, I need to immediately do a 10-step. I get up every morning, do my step 11, 
I get up before my kids and, you know, they are up early. They are one and a half year old and four year old. So <laughs> I have to get up really, really early in the morning to, to get connected with God. And then working step 12, like my hair is on fire, you know, uh, trying to sponsor my ass off. And, uh, and it says in chapter seven that nothing so much ensures immunity like intensive work with others. And it works when other activities fail. And that's my, that's my experience as well. So I, I'm, I'm so grateful that I came to OA, literally the last house on the block, but you know, getting the food down and getting abstinent and getting this real experience of God and, you know, keeping this conscious contact with God is just, uh, yeah, it's an amazing life. I, uh, I'm, I'm very, very blessed. So, but as I pause, thank you so much. Thanks, Johan. Okay, next up we have Stephanie followed by Ken. Stephanie, good morning. Good morning, Larry. Good morning to everyone. And I'm so very grateful to be able to share this morning because when I walked into these rooms, I, like so many of us, was so beaten and broken and and I considered myself an agnostic. I, I was never positive there was a power greater than myself and yet I didn't deny it. I just didn't know. And the very first meeting I went to, I I really wasn't all that in tune to the higher power aspect of it. I just knew I had an issue with food and, and something, something. I didn't know what it was, but something had to get me out of this spiral of just self-hate and self-criticism. And as I stayed and as I listened and as I opened up to what the program could bring to me, I slowly developed a relationship with a power greater than myself. And today, that relationship is the most beautiful gift I have. I wake up every morning asking higher power, which I call God, what am I to say? What am I to do? What am I to be today? I get centered. I do my meditation and prayer, and I just check in and ask for guidance throughout the day because that's the only way I have the peace and serenity that I can get by using the tools and the steps. Being recovered and and being abstinent is a lovely gift, and my relationship with my higher power is the greatest gift I could have ever developed. And to be able to share that gift with others, it it truly takes me out of myself, and my self-focus had been so intense for 40, 50 years that now being able to focus on others as I recover has just opened myself up to just a beautiful sense of peace. And um, I'm so grateful for Higher Power. I'm so grateful for this group and the other meetings I attend because I have serenity today, and that serenity is knowing that I am not in charge. I surrender this day to my Higher Power and say thank you. I'm so grateful to be here I'm so grateful for this life and for all of you. And with that, I pass. Oh, thanks, Stephanie. Okay, now batting. We got Ken on deck. We got Dara. Hey, Ken, good morning. Thanks, Larry. This is uh, Ken W.H. from North Carolina, recovered compulsive reader. Um, I'm just struck, too, again, historically where we stand in, in, in terms of where Bill's mind is. It, he's a World War Two, World War One veteran, uh, so he experienced that war, 
a terrible uh, experience for him. And uh, also, he saw the end of uh, czarism in Russia. And it's interesting to use that term, czar of the heavens, uh, remembering what czarist Russia was like. But for myself, I... uh, uh, when I came to the program, I was just totally in myself. Uh, I wanted to be alone. I was hiding. I was in hiding. And uh, actually, for many, many years in recovery, I remained in hiding. Um, I could I could talk the language about God and those sorts of things, but I was just, I wanted to hide. I didn't want uh, something or <laughs> a God that was personal that would actually get close to me. Um, I just wanted God and people to be as far away as possible, uh, even though I needed um, all of the, both of them desperately. Um, it wasn't until uh, a couple years ago and, and finally getting into the full meaning of the doctor's opinion and, and what I'm dealing with as a compulsive eater um, that I was able to come out from hiding, uh, come out from behind my rock <laughs> that that I stood behind. Uh, they gave me absolutely nothing except left me in the shadows. So it was a joy to come into the sunlight of the Spirit and, and to come into a personal relationship with God. Uh, my understanding of that God is, is continue. Yeah, I learn something new every day, um, and if uh, if I ever come to understand God, we're all in trouble because that means I'll be God, <laughs> and we don't want that. I don't want that. That's a scary proposition. But um, I'm just so grateful to be in the sunlight of the Spirit today, and I thank all of you for that, uh, for guiding me through and just um, drawing me out. Uh, and I pass. Thanks. Thank you, Ken. Okay, we have up next we have Dara followed by Vasa. Dara, good morning. Oh, great. Thanks so much, Larry. I'm Dara L. I'm a recovered compulsive eater in Philadelphia. Um, despite the living example, <laughs> you know, uh, oh gosh, that is so my story. And for me, you know, that shows up in other people, you know, seeing the miracle in other people. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know about that. You know, I'm not believing, but it also, and this is far more humbling. It shows up in my own agnosticism related to my own spiritual experiences. And, you know, I am, I, I, um, recovered from a hopeless state of mind and body. This is my, my fourth time around. And, and I'll just share with you that for me, you know, the, the built-in forgetter tells me that even though I love the first share, talked about like white light spiritual experiences versus educational, um, I've had all of that stuff so many times over. And it's amazing to me how like on a Monday, you know, God can come in and do something incredible in my life. And by Tuesday, I'm like, yeah, what have you done for me lately? You know, and, and, and that's my experience is that I can witness transformations that are just beyond the imagination. I can witness them in other people. Um, I can experience them within myself. And yet, if I'm not willing to do the work, if I'm not willing to apply, um, you know, what I'm learning, it, it does not matter. You know, I will, I, I will stray from God again. I will, um, I will not believe 
again. And even today, you know, I don't, I don't always believe God told me not to do something this morning. And I'm like, but you don't understand, you know, and, and thankfully I have a, enough um, belief in a higher power that I, I do follow guidance and direction. Um, but I often, you know, I often don't believe today. And I just want to share before what I hope and pray will be my last relapse and what I know will be my last relapse if I um you know, if I continue to do the work on a daily basis, I had um, five years free of binging and purging. And I was, um, I had been out of program for a few years at that point, um, and was kind of, in retrospect, white knuckling it, but also just acting out in another addiction. And I remember someone saying to me, like, I was like, oh, what's going on in your life? And he was like, you know, oh, I'm like, I'm really working on my spiritual condition. Like, I'm so happy about that. And I was just like, ew, like, that's disgusting to me. Why would anybody waste their time with this God BS? Like, it was so anathema to me. Um, And it wasn't long uh, after that. It was maybe a couple of weeks that I um, went back to bulimia because I really believe that, you know, it is impossible for an addict to live in a godless universe. And for a long, long time, I got my power greater than myself was food. And today it gets to be something um, where there are no negative consequences. Like life just keeps getting infinitely more wonderful. Um, But, you know, but I forget that. And so I have to keep being reminded and I'll pass. And thank you so much. Thank you, Dara. Okay, Vasa, before we go to you, let me just get, let everyone know where we're at. We're on page 12. Craig read the first paragraph, despite the living example, and we're just commenting on the one paragraph, which is a good segue to go to my friend Vasa. Oh, hey, Vasa, good morning. Thank you. Good morning, Larry and everyone. Thank you for your service. I'm Vasa, grateful, recovered, compulsive Ovida, calling from Foxborough, Massachusetts. And this is a really a good paragraph, and I love going one paragraph at a time. So, yes, uh, when I came to the program, I was agnostic, even even more to atheist. I did grow up in a communist country, and I was 14 and a half years old when we came to this country. And, of course, in the old country, we would thought there's no God, you know, and I had a lot of mixed messages. And I wanted to believe with my students, with my young um, um, friends and what the teachers were telling us, you know. And they were, we were being brainwashed, and they were brainwashed themselves too. So I felt very uncomfortable coming and to the program and hearing about God, and I Thank God every day that I came in the basements of the 12-step programs than on church, in the church because I don't think I would have, it would have never worked for me if I went back, if I went to the church looking uh, and learning about addictions. And I, even if I go to the church today, I don't get that, but I get other things from church. So, but I was just so open-minded, you know, and I also had a fear of God too, I had I was separated from God. I remember saying, "Well, God is in heavens, and I'm on earth. What does God have to do with me being on earth?" You know, I had a lot of lot of different uh, thoughts and feelings about God, but I had I was desperate, and uh, and I was open minded because um, my Abby, twelve stepped me for about a week before she took me to the first meeting of uh, Overeaters Anonymous. So we talked 
a lot about it in that week, you know. And uh, and I liked what she had, and I was open. I said, I will believe, I will I will do whatever you tell me to do as long as there's stop to this food addiction that had been suffering for 25 years since we came in America when, we dis- when I discovered all these uh, foods that are not healthy for myself. And I love reading the doctor's opinion. The allergy, the obsession. The, it was, I said, yeah, that's me, that's me. And oh, that's my time, Larry. But anyways, I had the, it's the, this program, it's a gift, and this is the only thing that has worked for me. And I do have a higher power today, which I call God, and it's a miracle. And I've stayed with this program all these many, many, many years, and I'm not going, going anywhere because it's working what I'm doing. Why, why, why would I want to leave the program and not to have the relationship I have developed with my higher power? Thank you for letting me share, and I pass. Thanks, Vasta. Okay, we're going to go to some more shares. And, you know, you have a voice here. If you're here, you have a voice here. And so there's no cool kids table here. So feel free to share if you haven't shared in the last three days. Who would like to do that? Deborah M. Deborah? Nancy R. Nancy N. Lisa. Jackie A. Becky. Gussie N. Betsy. It's Gussie with a G. Oh, Gussie. Okay. I, I just make it up as I go along here. Hey, Gussie. Anybody else? Okay. There's a group. We got Deborah, Nancy, Lisa, Becky, Becky and Gussie, and I heard you, Loretta. I think I heard you. So we'll get you on the, on the back end there. So let's start with Deborah, and then we'll go to my beautiful friend from Chicago, well, Indiana now, Nancy R. Deborah, good morning. Oh, Deborah, please press star one. Oh, yes, I'm here. Oh, yeah. Thank you. My name is- <laughs> good morning. Wow. Good morning. My name is Deborah M., and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from Western New York. This this statement where it says, despite the living example of my friend, and just that part, the living example of my friend, he, and it goes back to where, you know, Abby told him uh, on the page before that God had done for him what he couldn't do for himself. And so when he talks about an example I needed examples. I really needed to know how this program worked. Bill is is tossing things back and forth. For me personally, I came certainly from a religious background, and I still do, of one that absolutely does believe in God. And um, But I did not know how this program worked. I did not know about leaving everything with God and letting God do for me that I couldn't do for myself. Self-reliance was was embedded in in the religious practice that I had, even though we would pray, but it was really self-reliance. And I really did not know how to allow God to do for me what I couldn't do for myself. I really needed, thank you, God, for Bill, I really needed someone to show me how you do this program. I really wanted it because I was dying from the food. I, it was killing me. 
And I acknowledge that I was an, an atheist in certain areas of my life, but how do you rely on God and not on yourself? And I'm still learning that after years. You know, just the prayers. I'm sure Abby went through the, you know, he spent a long time with Bill in that kitchen. I, I was, yeah, it's amazing, that kitchen. And say, this is what you do. You say your prayer. You turn, this, and then you get in touch with your fellows. You pause and you you pause and you wait for the inspiration throughout the day. That is the example that I only know that I can um, the tools that this program shows me that the steps I need one two three four five I needed that real strong example that Abby laid out for Bill while he was sitting at that kitchen table and I still need it every single day because I will move into self reliance and self will at the drop of a hat. And then so it's one day at a time, wash and rinse. So that's all that I have to offer. Thank you. Have a wonderful day, and I pass. Oh, thank you so much, Deborah. Okay, let's go next to my favorite retired principal, Nancy R. <laughs> good, morning, good morning, Nancy. Hey, good morning, my brother. Uh, my name is Nancy R. And uh, uh, thank you so much for your service, and I've gotten a lot from the shares. You know, I I uh, I was raised in a very religious household. My dad was a pastor, and as a kid, there were things I began to question. And as I as I got more and more uh, 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 exposed to uh, uh, different other religious philosophies, I became uh, sort of skeptical of the things I had been taught as a kid. But I always felt guilty because I adored my father so much. I feel guilty doubting some of the things I had been taught as a kid. So when I came to this program, I had tons of religion, but I did not have a working relationship with my God. And I I am so grateful that um, uh, this disease brought me to my knees, and only then was I able to put aside all my intellectualism, all of my questions, because I was desperate, and I was told that the God, that that God could solve my problem. Three hundred and forty pounds made me pretty desperate, and I was able to surrender all of my uh, agnosticism, and out of desperation, cried out to the God that I uh, really didn't know. And I can say today, because of this wonderful program, I have I have developed a relationship uh, with God. There are still things I question. It's okay that that has you know that's religion, which has nothing to do with spirituality. That's what this program has brought me to a place where it's okay to question certain things in my religion, but it has nothing to do with the personal relationship that I develop as a result of this disease. And for that, I am so grateful. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you for letting me share. Oh, thank you, Nancy. Okay, next up we have Lisa, followed by Becky. Lisa, good morning. Good morning, Larry. Thank you so much for your service, and um, thanks, everybody, for your shares. It's been a great meeting so far. Um, You know, it's no wonder, I think, sometimes when I hear people or I even think of my own upbringing, how confused we can be about God and who he really is, you know, it, and it is uh, kind of a, a blanket overall thing that you're taught as a child. 
but then, you know, for me, I, I didn't really realize how personal God was for me until I got to this program. Um, I knew that God loved me. I knew, I remember hearing my dad say, you have to respect God like you do the water. And when I was young, I just really didn't get that. Um, and he meant that, you know, it could be dangerous. It could be harmful. Something could bad, bad could happen. But when I was an adult, I was in the ocean and I was facing the beach. And all of a sudden, a huge wave that I did not see coming came and knocked me down. And I, I'll never forget the force and the power of that wave. And then I understood what my dad was saying about God's power and how to respect it. Um, so I think that um, sometimes... Um, I, as a child, I loved God. I loved God very much. I sang songs about God. I, I even grew up in a church and taught children to sing songs about God. But I had this weird, unhealthy, independent thing when it came to food, when it came to things I wanted, and I didn't realize that God could help me with those. So even if I asked God, I just thought, well, he doesn't want to help me because he thinks I'm lame. And, um, but that wasn't it. It was that disease trying to confuse me and, and not help me understand, not and to fact, uh, detour me from understanding what God really wanted from me. And that was just me. So I guess with that, I will pass. And thank you again, everyone. Oh, thank you, Lisa. Okay, next up we have Becky and a little birdie told me, I think it's either Gussie, but it's, it might be Gusty if I got that right. So Becky, good morning. Becky, press star one. Am I hallucinating again and coming up with Becky? I do that from time to time. All right, so maybe I did not hear Becky, and it was just the voices in my head. Um, so why don't we go with, is it Gusty? Did I get that right? Yes, thank you so much. It's Gusty, like the wind. I'm oh, calling good. From, yes, I'm calling from West Virginia. I am gratefully recovered and uh, very um, grateful for all of those both religious and non-religious who sponsored me and supported me in every stage of this journey and continue to do so. Um, I wanted to just share um, briefly that um, I'm one of those people that is talked about in We Agnostics that um, is actually very well educated about religion. I'm a religious professional and um, have, you know, lots of uh, theological and theoretical knowledge of my particular tradition and um, get paid to do that. And, um, you know, that, as, as we've said so many times, um, you know, the knowledge doesn't really get us anywhere. It's, it's, um, it's the relationship and it's the, the, uh, the actual working of the steps. And I think that's what I really wanted to say today is that, <clears throat> there's actually quite a bit of uh, particular theological perspective in the big book that is actually at odds with mine. Um, and and uh, there's, there's a lot that's said in the rooms about God and about um, 
understandings of God that actually um, don't um, agree with my tradition. And it's easy for those of us who have this religious training to just discount the program because the theology doesn't match up. But, um, but the steps do, um, you know, the steps really are the work of the program and that, um, you know, working the steps is, is so much deeper than any of the God talk that we might hear in the rooms or that our sponsors might share with us without even realizing, you know, that they're, that they're sharing a particular perspective on God that is in conflict with ours. Um, So I just want to encourage folks out there who maybe share some of my journey that, um, you know, that we can, we can kind of sort through what people are saying about God and really get to the heart of the program, which is the steps. And whatever higher power we discover along the way, working those steps, and um, and it really does work if we work it. So, as we say, work it, you're worth it. And with that, I'll pass. Oh, thank you, Gusty. Loretta, did you know that all flight attendants go directly to heaven if there is a heaven? <laughs> Good morning, Loretta. Press star one. I. Definitely no. <laughs> I can get close to heaven with the recovery of this program. Thank you, Larry. This is Loretta H. Uh, recovered in North Carolina. And also, thank you, everybody, along with my very precious God, gets me to heaven one day at a time uh, for your um, help in helping me. Uh, this paragraph just recently um, as a, no God, no peace, no God, no peace. And I just went through some time um, in the last probably eight months that I was really angry at God, even though I knew he was there and I stand under him. I was really, really angry. And the interesting thing is this program works so magically because I actually did not want my substance of food, but I wanted my other substance that I have not taken for 43 years. And I offered myself out to sponsor and some woman called me and said to me that she had picked up the food because she used her other addiction. If that wasn't odd or God, I can't tell you what was. It was right at the time when I was really thinking that that would work. And so I truly, working 10, 11, and 12, because I, as my sponsors know, and as people that um, take 10 steps with me, I was really, I wasn't a non-believer, but I was agnostic about the situation in my life. And I believed that I was being punished. And I even, I did several inventories on it. I did everything. And I thought I was just a failure and uh, I had failed God. And I know from the work through that period that there is something bigger than me that will solve all, even this problem, which was a physical problem, solve all my problems. Because today, with God's grace and mercy, I am footloose and fancy free. And six months ago, I was working, walking with a cane. And so I believe that it is the work and the uh, 
pause, the patience, and the present are what this program gives me. And I am so grateful because I know that today, God, I stand under him, will solve all my problems along with the work of this program, practicing the principles in all my affairs. And with that, I pass. Larry, thank you for getting me closer to heaven. And with that, I pass. <laughs> Thanks, Loretta. Okay, we have time for at least a couple more shares. Who who wants those uh, slots here? Anita Jackie L. A. I heard. Um, I'll tell you who I heard. I heard Jackie and Anita. So why don't we go with Anita first, followed by Jackie, and we'll see where we're at. Gloria right, from South Florida. Gloria, we're going to just see where we're at. So let's start with Anita okay. and then Jackie. Yeah, thanks. Anita? Good morning, everybody. Can you hear me? Did I get muted or? Yeah, I can. No, I can hear okay, you. Great. Great. Oh, great, great, great. Thanks, Larry. Thanks for your service. Good morning, everybody. Um, my name's Anita L. from outside of Philadelphia. Gratefully working the solution for today, one day at a time. And for me, it's the only solution. Um, I came into this program many decades ago. I don't quite remember exactly how I felt. I do remember this. I remember feeling desperate. I have been in OA for a period of time, agnostic. You know, when the word God was mentioned, that went right above me, wanted nothing to do with that. And then my life started changing, and um, I was scared, and I didn't know what to do. And you know what? I guess through osmosis, uh, all of a sudden, the thought popped into my head. In OA, they say, let go and let God. And right then, I was just like Bill. I needed and wanted God. And I went to the only place where I thought, that's how naive I was, that God was in a religious facility. And I went to the one of my uh, religion, and I prayed by myself in the sanctuary, and then left and when and then went to the gym, which was right down the street. And when I was walking in the gym, a friend of mine was walking out, and she said to me, you guys, this is the truth. Wow, where have you been? You're glowing. So I definitely had that white light experience. And um, that was my first time getting to know God. And since then, over these decades, I've changed, I've grown, I've taken a step back, I've gone three forward, ten back, five forward, you know, and it's all beautiful. It's all part of my journey. And for today, I can say I am so grateful. I'm sitting in my chair on my deck right now in the sun, and I'm just feeling such inner peace and serenity because I know what the answer is. And it's not the food for today. It is asking my higher power to do for me what I cannot do for myself. And I'm grateful. And with that, I pass. Thank you. 
Thank you so much, Anita. Okay, let's go with Jackie, and if there's time, Gloria, we'll see, okay? Jackie, good morning. Good morning, everybody. Thank you so much to those on the line who did service listening and are about to. Um, I am working through, I call it step nine and a half. Uh, this is my third time working through the steps, and it's going to be 10 months soon and um, in program. And uh, so talking to God like as if an omnipresent retreat with me during the week is, is what I needed right now. Uh, so I got to, when I talked about, despite a living example of my friends, there remains the vestiges of an old prejudice. Um, the irony is that I, I, worked in addicted, I worked in addiction treatment where we had free food from a gourmet chef from a local town that we adopted. So my fellows and my coworkers were actually not recovered in the food. It was like an open bar pretty much there. Um, and so, but what they were recovered with were severe hard drugs. And I used to go to AA meetings the first time around in 2016 when, um, when I was suffering from food addiction but couldn't really identify with it. I knew there was something wrong with me and I knew I ate different from others, but I, I couldn't put the pieces together. Um, I was eating a head of cabbage a day, bags of peanuts, and like just exercising and running half marathon. Like it, it didn't, it still couldn't make sense of it. Now, mind you, I was like a social worker. So it's just um, to, to be, you know, six years past forward and, and have the tools, but to, to feel free enough to work them. Um, I got to meet my mom yesterday, and um, a God personal to me was, was what I needed. When it says, like, conceptual of my own, like, I I had a prayer yesterday that I worked. I was in a fetal position as if I was praying for it through a hurricane um, before, I, before I went, before I made these phone calls. And a quote that really hit me was about love, and it was about love conquering just any door, any sin, any visceral experience, any, um, you know, this trapped feelings. And, and I had a lot of fear about disclosing to my mom that I was working on myself. I had a lot of fear about letting her know that I was in recovery, what kind of recovery, and what I was doing to take care of it, just based on multiple experiences of having amends with her. So letting go of those old perspectives was very difficult had I had just stayed in self-reliance. And the fact that, like, I could just say, like, you know, if I'm not working a step nine, I'm not going to pretend to work a step 11. And so really using God instead of what got me relapsing in the past was that self-loathing, self, uh, self-pity, self-reliance. And I was like, am I going to, you know, half-skirt this, shrink about this, or am I going to, like, cross my legs and sit tall. And I got to do that yesterday for 52 minutes. And she was astonished. She said things um, that I could hear God in her. Um, and Gentle and reminder. Also, thank you. And I also got to respect my own boundaries, like to understand my own story and how and why I made those decisions and, um, and feel protected enough that I'm going to see you around the holidays in person. So just to exchange gifts. And that that's the relationships that I can accept that God shows me today. So thank you, everybody. I look forward to the shares this week. Take care. Oh, thank you so much, Jackie. And um, 
Gloria, you know what? If you're able to hang out for the second hour, Matt J.F. is the host, and he's a pretty nice guy. He'll probably call on you first if you happen to are able to hang out, and I'll be listening for you. So thank you to everyone who has been particip who participated today, and please join us for an un uh, unrecorded second hour of study that's going to immediately follow closing. Let me give you the share ID for today. That number is 19,112, that's 19112. And we're now gonna close from, uh, with rather, <laughs> the reading from the big book on page 164. We're gonna follow that by the serenity prayer. And Leah S., would you do that for us this morning? Thank you, yes, sure, thank you. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is a great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then. <laughs>